0: Today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Make sure to check it out and tell them the Locked On Podcast Network sent you. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Thursday, July 15th. I'm your host Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. You can also leave me a review if you want to as well. It's all free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. And you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Also, if you're on Twitter, then please go and follow the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page. That can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good content being posted there every day as well. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome into Thursday's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. I greatly appreciate you all tuning into the show. To start things off today, let's get into the latest news from The Athletic this morning involving Columbus Blue Jackets defenseman Seth Jones. The Athletic dropped a huge article around 5 or 6 a.m. this morning giving updates on essentially all the potential trade candidates across the NHL this offseason. And the section written up on defenseman Seth Jones is definitely something Blackhawks fans are going to be interested in hearing. According to the article, one team told The Athletic, told Craig Custance, that their expectation is that Jones' current preference is to play in either Chicago... Dallas or Florida, although they also admitted those aren't his only options, just his current preferences at the moment, like I just stated. And then the article even went on to double down a little bit, stating that the Blackhawks may be the front runner for landing Seth Jones this summer. The only concern at the moment over Chicago is whether or not Jones will feel the Hawks. It's a debate over whether or not he thinks the Hawks are close enough to getting back to playoff contention. Based on the other teams that are in the mix at the moment, there could be some better options for Seth if he's wanting to compete for a Stanley Cup right away. So even though Chicago may be a top option and have been deemed potentially to be the front runner, there's still a lot to figure out here, but uh, things are starting to heat up in the Seth Jones conversations, and it's regardless, it's definitely nice to hear that the Blackhawks are right up there in the mix. As for the return back to Columbus, potentially, if the Hawks are wanting to get a deal done, according to that article, Jackets GM Jarmo Kekleinen is, he's not wanting draft picks. Instead, he's wanting a lot of young players, and more specifically, center iceman. And for the Blackhawks, I spoke yesterday about how um, Elliot Friedman in his 31 Thoughts podcast suggested that Kirby Dock and Alex DeBrinkett would have to be the start of a conversation between the Blackhawks and the Blue Jackets, I, I just don't see that happening, you know, even for as bad as the Blackhawks want Seth and are in need of a future number one defenseman, I still don't think it's worth giving up one of their top forwards who's part of their core group at the moment, Um, especially when there's a guy... Like I talked about yesterday, there's a guy like Dougie Hamilton out there on the free agent market that wouldn't cost the Blackhawks any prospects in return to acquire. They just have to pay him probably the $8 million that he's going to get. Uh, I personally do like Seth Jones more than Dougie Hamilton. I've expressed my concerns numerous times here on the show recently over Dougie being a number one on a legit Stanley Cup contender, which is the purpose of this Blackhawks rebuild right now. Um... I, I I do like Seth more than I like Dougie, but I don't like Seth more than I like Dougie and Kirby Doc, so that's definitely something the Blackhawks have to take into consideration when deciding what to do here in the next couple of weeks, and also, uh, if you didn't tune into the episode yesterday, I'm kind of reiterating the same things here, but uh, a deal that I mentioned on the show yesterday that I think would be a legit possibility for the Blackhawks if they're wanting to trade for Seth, Columbus... You're not getting Kirby Dock or Alex it. It's just not happening. The Blackhawks, I believe, will go elsewhere in the free agent market if uh, the asking price from the Blue Jackets is too high. But if they were willing to do a deal centered around Lucas Reichel, I think there is some potential here. Um, Lucas Reichel, I think, would have to be the cornerstone piece. They want center Iceman. If it's not Kirby Dock, then it's got to be Lucas Reichel up next, who... Randomly made the jump to center this past season over in the DEL for Ice Baron when the Blackhawks drafted him at number 17. He he, They thought they were getting a winger, um, but he actually transitioned into playing the center position last year and really made strides in his overall game in that area. So could be playing center at the NHL level potentially. Um, So I, I think it would have to start with Lucas Reichel and then if the Jackets... It's kind of a choice here going on through the rest of the trade. Pia Suter or Philip Kuryshev pick one if you're the Blue Jackets. Um, Suter probably is the the safer bet. Kuryshev probably has the higher potential upside. Uh, and then either Adam Boquist or Ian Mitchell, probably Adam Boquist in this scenario. Um, but I think that's the return it would have to be for the Blackhawks in order to get a trade done with the Blue Jackets. I don't know if that's going to be enough for Columbus. But that's where I would at least be trying to start the conversation between those two teams if I was general manager Stan Bowman. All right, there is the latest from The Athletic regarding a potential trade involving Blue Jackets defenseman Seth Jones. Coming up in just a moment, it's time to get into another 2021 NHL draft profile here on the show. But first, I need to talk to you all about rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. Why would you choose to spend or even as much as 100% more for the exact same parts at a chain store or at a new car dealership. Chain stores and car dealerships have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're always reliably low. The rockauto.com catalog is also remarkably unique and super easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, and you can even choose the brands, specifications, and the prices that you prefer. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and they're also the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts when you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts that you'll ever need for your car or truck for the best possible prices. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. I just finished up discussing the athletics article this morning that said the Blackhawks may be the frontrunner to land Seth Jones. Moving on now, it's time to get into Russian forward Fedor Svechkov's 2021 NHL draft profile. Unlike the last three prospects in the draft that I've broken down here on the podcast, Kent Johnson, Jesper Walstead, and Mason McTavish, Fedor Svechkov is not going to go inside the top 10 in the 2021 NHL draft, unless something absolutely chaotic occurs, which I guess isn't out of the realm of possibility. Um, But in all likelihood, Svechkov should be on the board when it's the Blackhawks' turn to pick in the first round, number 11. The top overall Russian in the draft, as I mentioned a moment ago, Svechkov is a 6-foot, 180-pound forward that has played both center and wing so far in his junior career, and due to his strong defensive abilities, I honestly do like his chances to go on in the NHL and become a great two-way center. The defensive aspect is really Svechkov's bread and butter, which is kind of unusual to hear out of a prospect projected to go this high in the draft, but he might just be the best defensive forward in this entire draft class. The on-ice vision, the puck and body awareness, and his overall hockey IQ, it's, it's really off the charts. If you watched... Svechkov play for Team Russia in the World Juniors this past year. The kid was everywhere. He was breaking up passes, stuffing rush chances left and right. He's so good at reading the play and just knowing what his opponent is trying to do with the puck on their stick. And at the same time, Svechkov is really good at forcing and creating that turnover and then also using his powerful stride and speed to skate back the other way and turn that into offense. He's not the fastest of players but he does have some pretty good acceleration and knows kind of precisely when to turn on the Jets in transition to try and make something happen on the offensive end. Now, he hasn't exactly lit up the stat sheet throughout his junior career, but he's no slouch by any means with the puck on his stick either. Um, it's just it kind of his offensive game gets a little bit overshadowed due to the fact that he's just so good defensively. Um, But looking at some of Svechkov's numbers in the past, I mean, this past year at the World Juniors, not only was he a wizard on the defensive end, but in his seven games played, he added four goals and six assists for 10 points while also wearing a letter for the Russians. So not only responsible in both ends on the ice, but also a leader off of it in the locker room as well, which is always an extra bonus with these prospects. And even this past year at 17 years old, Svechkov was playing in Russia's second professional division, which is the VHL, and in thirty-eight games there he recorded five goals and uh five goals and ten assists for fifteen points. For being so young and, and playing against grown men on a nightly basis, you know, that ain't all that bad, especially for a guy who's never been deemed uh a legit playmaker or anything of that aspect offensively. Um and, and defensively, last year in the VHL is really where he made his splash. He was serving on uh, his team's penalty kill unit, and he was also already just one of their more responsible two-way forwards, even being 17 years old. So if the Blackhawks, if they're looking for a very safe bet as to who could be um, an extremely serviceable player that can take on uh, any role in the NHL, then I think Svechkov is 100% that guy. I'm very confident in saying that he'll become a sturdy player at the NHL level just because of the kind of game he plays. The problem is, at number 11, the Blackhawks might be looking for a little more than what Svechkov currently provides. He just hasn't been all that consistent with the offensive part of his game outside of international tournaments. It seems like every time this guy suits up for Team Russia, he puts on a show. Um... But overall, I mean, offensively, he doesn't score a ton of goals. He's he's not really a sniper by any means. Uh, but the one part of his game that I do think is underrated is his ability to get a pass off in tight space. And I actually saw, according to—what uh, website was it? The Hockey Writers, according to their scouting report on Fedor Svechkov, I don't know if this was through the entirety of the season or if it was just midway or three-quarters of the way through or whatnot— um, but at one point in the season, Svechkov had a 78% completion rate with his passes. So he he's in close corners, and when there's not a ton of room, Svechkov, he's really good at firing off an accurate pass over to his teammates. And that's something I believe can translate to any any level, because the windows and the timing in the NHL, you know, they're only going to get smaller, and you're going to have to make plays faster and faster, and Svechkov appears to have that ability to um have the puck on a string a little bit and get it to his uh get it from his stick onto his teammate's tape in order to create a quality a quality chance in the offensive zone um I've seen a couple of highlights of his where absolutely threads the he absolutely threads the needle on a two on one to get the puck past a sliding defender so even though Svechkov may never be like a sixty to seventy point guy in the NHL I do think there is still a little bit of top six upside there if he can just be a little bit more consistent in his offensive game. But again, when you're drafting this high in the first round, I don't think a capped ceiling like that is necessarily something the Blackhawks are looking for. It's kind of the exact opposite, actually. I think they're trying to find the player with, with the highest upside at number 11. So while Svechkov could be you know a very solid player due to his uh, defensive abilities, his skating is really good, and His high hockey IQ, as I said, it's off the charts and he has the ability to play in tight windows. Uh, I do think he would be an extremely low-risk selection because I do like his chances of being very valuable in the NHL due to to his robust skill set, but I just think that that may not be what the Blackhawks are looking for here at number 11 personally. Who knows, though? Um, Maybe that's the exact type of player the Blackhawks are actually looking for. Either way... We're going to find out here in just about a week now, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm definitely not going to cross Fedor Svechkov off the list just yet because there is a ton to like about this kid and his skill set and what he can already do at such a young age. All right, that takes care of the top Russian player in the 2021 NHL Draft, Fedor Svechkov's 2021 NHL Draft profile. Coming up in just a minute, I still got to get into forward Ryan Carpenter's 2021 season recap segment. But first, I need to talk to you all about BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And be sure to use our promo code LOCKEDON, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Major League Baseball is about to take over for the summer. The NBA Finals are wrapping up, the series is now evened up at two apiece, UFC is in full swing all year round, and you can get all the latest news, odds, and info on any sport with BetOnline. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore, head on over to the website, or you could also use your mobile device to sign up today, and be sure to use our exclusive promo code LOCKEDON, that's one. Word in all caps to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I just got done taking a deeper dive into Russian forward Fedor Svechkov's 2021 NHL draft profile. Now, before I wrap things up on the show today, I still have to get into forward Ryan Carpenter's 2021 season recap. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty here in terms of the season recap segment, ladies and gentlemen. I think we have Ryan Carpenter, Nicholas Bodan, and Riley Stillman left. I'm only going to be breaking down players that appeared in over 10 games with the Blackhawks this season. Even for some of these guys, like Henestrosa, I think he only played 17 games. Uh, Bodan, I think, got in 19. Stillman was like 13. Even then, I'm still being a little bit generous here. There wasn't a whole lot to break down for those guys, but um, there's also not too much to break down here with a, a fourth-line grinder like Ryan Carpenter. Overall, he dressed in 40 of the Blackhawks' 56 games this past season. He missed A good chunk, unfortunately, due to being forced to quarantine for two weeks with COVID-19. But in his 40 games played, Carpenter finished with four goals and a whopping one assist for five points. And out of those five points and four goals, two of them came in the same game against the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Two goals, I should say. Um, Carpenter had... An absolute snipe top shelf, if you all remember, for his first career power play goal in a blowout win against the Red Wings. And then the next game, actually, he followed that up with another tally against the Tampa Bay Lightning as well. So aside from those two games, just one goal and one assist on the season for Ryan Carpenter. As most Blackhawks fans are aware by now, though, Carpenter isn't really known for the offensive side of the game. He's the definition of a fourth-line grinder who's a role player, and kind of knows exactly what he has to do every single time he hits the ice. And that was to go out there alongside David Kampf and shut down one of the opposing team's top lines. And in that aspect, I thought Carpenter was pretty good for the Hawks this season. Now, the stats as a team and the penalty kill won't reflect that, much like it didn't in Duncan Keith's analytics, hence why some Oilers fans are kind of losing their minds over... um over this trade between the Blackhawks and Edmonton, but that's why analytics aren't the entire story, folks. Um, Duncan Keith still could be a serviceable defenseman, and Ryan Carpenter was very serviceable for the Blackhawks, even though the analytics aren't going to show that. A couple of other statistics I wanted to mention for Carpenter. First off, in his 40 games played, he finished with 51 shots on goal, and he shot 7.8% as well. I've talked about this with a ton of guys in the season recap segment for the Blackhawks. A ton of them have not had enough of a shoot-first mentality. Well, not for Ryan Carpenter. He 51 shots on goal in 40 games played as a fourth liner? That's, that's really solid. Nicholas Bodan, Ian Mitchell, and Adam Boquist all could learn a thing or two by simply taking a page out of Ryan Carpenter's playbook. Well over one shot per game for Carpenter this past season. And again, that's while he was playing a fourth-line role, averaging... 12 minutes and 41 seconds of ice time per game behind basically every other forward on the team in average time on ice besides, like, Mackenzie Entwistle and Mike Hardman. But even in that limited ice time, Carpenter was still finding a way to get his chances offensively. I give him a lot of credit uh, for not playing with any offensive-minded guys at all through the entirety of the season. I'm sure that also played a factor into his four goals and one assist. But I thought those guys moved the puck well together, in my opinion, especially towards the end of the year when we got some of those youngsters that I just mentioned, like Entwistle and Hardman, into the lineup. Um, I I thought they handled their own down there on the fourth line. One thing I also found interesting with Carpenter this season, uh, the Blackhawks only had him take 126 faceoffs, and in comparison to last year, Carpenter's first in Chicago, uh, when he was kind of Signed on from Vegas to help sure up the faceoff department, that unfortunately didn't go too well. Carpenter wound up winning just forty three percent of his draws with the Blackhawks in his first year in Chicago, uh, and he played mostly down the middle at the ce- at the center position. But not this time around, though. Carpenter was used mostly as a winger this past year by Jeremy Colleton, and out of those one hundred and twenty six draws that he took, he ended up winning forty eight point five percent of them. So maybe quality over quantity is the key for carpy deuces at the center position last couple of things here on carpenter he had 78 hits in his 40 games played so nearly two per game i love that physicality from him down there on the fourth line that's exactly what the blackhawks need him to be adding to the fire uh and excuse me one weird thing i found out about carpenter though by looking at his stats first off uh, he only had seven giveaways this season. I know he doesn't play with the puck on his stick a whole lot, but when it was on his tape, you know, not a whole lot of mistakes were made, and he was um, simplifying his game as well by just getting the puck deep and going and chasing after it. Another thing that some Blackhawks youngsters could, could learn a thing or two from. Uh, but the shocking thing to me was that in 40 games played this season... Ryan Carpenter only had four takeaways for the kind of role that he plays in being known for the defensive side of his game. I I don't know if this stat is a mistake or something, but I feel like Carpenter would have more than one takeaway in every 10 games he played in. And even looking at his stats in the past, in 69 games in 2019-20, he had 30 takeaways. So, um, again, not sure if this was just a miscalculation or something, but... Uh, If this is accurate, it was a little bit of a down year for Carpy in terms of stripping the puck away from his opponent. But in terms of his physicality, you know, in board battles and and scraps all over the ice, um, I think he was much better on the defensive side of things than that number suggests. So taking all of this into consideration, I think I am going to give Ryan Carpenter a B- minus for his performance in 2021. Not great but not bad by any means either. And I don't really want to look too much or or judge his lack of offense because um, not only is that not his game but there are also plenty of things that factored into that 12 minutes of ice time which was down a minute and a half from the year before and also he was playing with either you know first year players who were kind of just getting their feet wet in the NHL level or David Kampf who scored I think one goal in his 56 games played this past season Um, so I'm not going to judge Carpenter too hard for the lack of offense this year and defensively I thought he handled the zone and was a trusted member of the Blackhawks bottom six to go out there and get his job done and help camp shut down the opposition. Um, let's see here what the fans had to think about this. Actually, 54% of the voters thought that Carpenter was worthy of a C. Next up was 27% at a B. 13% actually was at a D or an F. That I don't really get. And then last was an A at 6%. So I'm a little bit in the minority here. Um, but B minus, I think, you know, one thing I, I also wanted to add with Carpenter, you know, he's the type of guy who he he's never going to be in the limelight or uh, the, take the center stage because of the way he plays the game. But how he plays the game is extremely vital to a team's success. And while that that didn't show this year for the Blackhawks, hopefully they'll be able to add some more pieces to the puzzle this off season, and then uh, next year Carpenter can keep up his sturdy play and maybe help out the Blackhawks win more games than they did last season because there is a ton of value in having a solid fourth-line guy like Ryan Carpenter. It's just hard to see that value when the team's in the midst of the rebuild and not really competing for the Stanley Cup playoffs. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Thursday, July 15th's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, get more of the sports news you need in less time with our Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, which is a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes by following Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates.